This is a fire podcast. We are on YouTube, Spotify, and Podbean. If you're new around here, I am your host, Rhett. Joined alongside me, as always, my good buddy and co-host, Mr. Bucks Football, Evan. Welcome back to the show. And we're in action packed episode 50. Streaming live on YouTube right now. Premiere, everyone watching, thank you for coming out. So uh, we've got a really, really good show planned. Right now we are in the midst of a very interesting Buccaneers free agency. You've got mixed opinions all over the board. People have been upset about what this team has done and, and hasn't done. We recorded an episode 50 right before all these moves happened. And uh, I actually remember titling that episode, Don't Expect Much. Because the, the entire theme of the episode was be patient and don't expect any uh, any splash signings. And we didn't exactly get any of those. But we got enough... Uh, Enough to move things forward, and we got some help that I'm pretty excited about. But let's jump into things. Welcome to episode 50. Like I said before, I am your host, Rhett. Joined alongside me, as always, my good buddy and co-host, Evan. Uh, Evan, how are you doing today, man? Doing pretty good. How are you? I- I'm doing really good. Um, this past week has been fairly frustrating, I'm not going to lie. Um, not only from a standpoint of you know free agency in itself, you see all these deals being made. Nobody expected the Bucks to go in here and make blockbuster deals. If you did, uh, then obviously you weren't paying attention. We knew the Bucks were going to be fairly tight on cap space. You've got a lot of guys you got to move around to free up some cap space. We were able to do that. A um, couple of those guys freeing up cap space for us were kind of sad to see go. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time on them. Um, but first and foremost, Quan Alexander has been shipped off to San Francisco. Uh, the time has finally come. I mean, we've said before that Quan was testing out free agency, wanted to look for a better offer than what the Bucks proposed to him, and uh, he found it. He gets a four-year, $54 million deal with the 49ers. $27 million of that is guaranteed. So he's making thirteen and a half a year. Um, compared to everyone else we lost, I got to say this one probably hurts the most. Uh, we knew Hump was leaving. We knew Deshaun Jackson was leaving, and... I'll say we were about as prepared as we could be to see Quan go, but now that it's happened, it's one of those things that sucks, but I don't know. At least he doesn't have to re-dye his hair now, right? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I was I was pretty shocked at the money that, that Quan Alexander got. I mean, yeah. you're talking about a guy coming off of an ACL tear, which is probably one of the worst injuries you can have in the sport of football. And before that, I mean... Nobody would think that he's worth thirteen and a half million, even before that injury. You know, uh, it's just because there has been some inconsistency with his play, right? I know now a lot of people are going to say, "Oh, well, now that he's left, now you're going to talk crap about him." No, I'm just telling you the truth, and I would have told you that if the Bucks signed him to a, a, a the same deal the 49ers did, I would have said it's a bad deal. Um, go ahead. Here's something I think we need to realize too is. You had brought up he's coming off of an ACL injury. That's a lot of money to bring in for a guy, you know, taking a risk after an injury like that. Um, but I don't think he's ever played a full season of football. He had the one year where he was suspended he after ripping one. the ball out of Julio Jones's hands. I want to say he got injured that year as well. The year after that, he missed some games because of injury. And then, of course, his last year in Tampa, he missed 75% of the season because of the torn ACL we just talked about um so he's a great player he's talented uh I think he's got a lot of potential I don't think he's hit his ceiling yet but I don't know man he's uh he's definitely a risk when you're talking about that much money well yeah I mean and Alexander has he's played one he's played one full season uh 20 2016 okay uh, 2015 he was suspended for PEDs um that was the rookie season. 2016, he played the full year. 2017, he missed about four games or so. And obviously, we know 2018, he uh, tore his ACL. So, um, yeah, it is a big risk. It's a lot of money. And I do agree that he hasn't hit a ceiling yet. 
However, I don't know how much more room he has to go. Yeah. Uh, like, this dude's getting paid like a top three linebacker right now. And I know it's essentially almost like a one or two year deal when you look at like the dead money and stuff. Still a lot of money, though. Um, oh, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I know a lot of people have been complaining. Oh, the Bucks didn't even try. They did. Um, they offered him a, a fair offer. It was believed to be a long term deal, about the $10 million range. And the 49ers just blew that one out of the water. And uh, give credit to John Lynch and the 49ers. And uh, I'm happy to see Quan get paid. Uh, but, yeah, for, for the Bucks, this was probably the best thing to do because uh, signing him for, for $13.5 million just because he's a fan favorite and dyes his hair isn't exactly good business. No, I feel you 100%. And uh, I think the worst part about it, too, was he was the only guy who left us who didn't who didn't say thank you to the Bay. So, uh that's uh, I'm gonna remember that. I don't know. This is weird to me, and it's also weird that <laughs> that the Bucks haven't said anything about Adam Humphreys and Quan Alexander leaving. Like they haven't thanked them either. Right. I I don't know, man. Um, the other guy that we need to talk about, we're gonna touch on him just a little bit because, of course, he doesn't play in Tampa anymore. But that's wide receiver Deshaun Jackson. Now he's also parting ways with the Bucks. Uh, it's been a long time coming. We've been calling it since halfway through the season. I think everyone's seen this coming from a mile away. Um, many outlets had actually believed he'd been released, but it turns out the Bucks were just looking for a trade partner after all this time. Uh, we get a 2019 sixth-round pick and a 2027th-round pick for him. Uh, the Bucks were also able to free up $10 million in cap space, so that can help out towards some of the moves they made in free agency. And the last guy we need to touch on is Adam Humphreys. He ended up signing a deal with the Tennessee Titans. Um, from what I heard, had second thoughts. The Patriots came back. It was a bidding war between Tennessee and New England pretty much all day for Adam Humphreys. Tennessee put up the better offer. Uh, Humphreys trusted his gut, went with Tennessee. And then I guess the day before he signed, New England threw a couple more deals out there, and he, he had second thoughts. But he he stuck with his instinct, went with Tennessee. Um, so he'll leave the Bay for a spot on the Marcus Mariota-led Tennessee Titans. He gets nine and, uh, mil a year over four years. Um, I hate to say that I'm surprised he didn't crack ten mil, but you never know what that last offer from the Pats could have been. Uh, but yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to make sure I got that uh, out there before I forgot. <laughs> um, quick correction on the Jackson one. Um, okay, it, the deal is Deshaun Jackson and a 2027th round pick to Philadelphia for a 2019 sixth, sixth round pick. Oh, gotcha. They're essentially swap picks. Okay. I mean, I think we're lucky at all that we got something for him. Oh, oh, and also, Rhett, um, who was on the show said a few weeks ago that they feel they had a strange feeling that Sean Jackson was going to get traded? Wasn't me. Yeah. And who else? <laughs> and, and, okay, so who's the other guy on the show? <laughs> we had Keith Tandy on a couple weeks ago, Brent Allen oh, a few weeks before okay. that. I mean... I might have got a scoop. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man. Well, let's talk about something else. We'll talk about the free agency moves the Bucks made here in a second. But uh, this is probably the most recent free agency news we have to cover right now. Um, and this might be out of date by the time the show premieres. But running back Isaiah Crowell out of New York, who on the show said something about him maybe a month ago? Uh, wasn't me. Wasn't me either, actually, so I don't know who that was. Um, but, yeah, uh, some interesting news for you guys following along the Bucks free agency. Isaiah Crowell, the Bucks have emerged to, to have some interest in him. Uh, I know the Bucks were also mixed up in Duke Johnson for a little while. I don't know if they still have interest there. I haven't heard too much developing on that situation. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Bucks wanted to bring in, uh, bring in a, a solid veteran back a guy like Isaiah Crowell or Duke Johnson. These are guys who aren't super old, but just to mix things up between Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones. Um, so some running backs might be emerging. Yeah, and I mean, uh, Isaiah Crowell makes a lot of sense. Uh, was with Todd Bowles in, in New York. And, uh, you know, at the time, because, you know, guys, it was actually Rhett who had mentioned Isaiah Crowell. And I sort of shut it down because at the time, it seemed as if the Bucks were going to be looking for sort of a, a starting caliber running back. As time went on, Bruce Arians became more and more like 
likable, I guess, of, or, or liking of Peyton Barber. Oh, he's enamored uh, by the guy. Yeah, I mean. Speaking of which, uh, we did sign him to a one-year deal. We mm-hmm. didn't talk about that, but just a, just a heads up. Yep, yep. one-year one deal for Barber, yep. He's back. Um, so, basically, when Reddit brought it up, I pretty much shot it down almost. I was like, yeah, it wouldn't be bad, but, you know, I think they're looking at some other guys. But, um, yeah, Isaiah Crow right now with what they're looking for or rumored to be looking for uh, makes a lot of sense. He was with Todd Bowles in New York, so Todd Bowles knows him pretty well. Um, Todd Bowles was on board with signing them last year. He was productive in Cleveland. Went to New York, had six touchdowns last year. Not as many rushing yards in Cleveland. Uh, I mean, in New York as he did in Cleveland, but still productive. Uh, he didn't have as many carries last year as he did in Cleveland. But uh, the other thing of why it makes sense is comp picks. And I know a lot of people are talking about the comp picks for Adam Humphreys and Quan Alexander. And yes, if the Buccaneers stay inactive, rather, in free agency, they will get a third-round compository pick for Quan Alexander for losing. This is in the next year's draft, 2020. They will get a 2020 third-round compository pick for losing Quan Alexander and projected to be a fourth-round 2020 compository pick for losing Adam Humphrey. So the big thing is you've got to watch how many free agents you actually sign because that can take you out of the running there. But there are some rules, and this is why I think Corell to Tampa makes even more sense. If a player is cut and you sign him, that does not count against the comp pick formula. So Blau Pal, who's an ex-Jet who I've been bringing up on the show as a possible fit for a free agent running back, he would count towards that comp pick formula because he was already a free agent. Since Isaiah Crow was cut, he does not count. So they can sign him, and still it wouldn't really affect their, their comp pick at all. So that's why I think it makes a lot of sense. Not really sure what number he's asking for. There's rumored to be several teams interested. Bucks are one of them. Um, but there's also another player that several teams are interested in, and the Bucks are one of them. Do you uh, want to share that, Red? Um, give me a refresher. Is it? Uh, is it? Is it? Oh God! Is it Marcus Golden? Yes, sir. There we go. There we go. I'm paying attention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The, the Raiders, the Giants, the Bucks, and the Chiefs all have interest in defensive end, former Cardinals defensive end Marcus Golden. Uh, had 12 and a half sacks, actually, in 2016. But after that, uh, battled through some injuries and uh, never really fully recovered and got, got back to that form. Uh, was with Bruce Arians, obviously, from 2015 to 2017. Was drafted by Bruce Arians, and he has an opportunity to go to a lot of familiar faces, a lot of familiar coaches. Um, the Chiefs, not really, but in Tampa, he has Bruce Arians. Uh, a lot of people bring up Todd Bowles, but Todd Bowles actually never coached Golden. Uh, so in New York, he has James Betcher, who's the Giants' defensive coordinator. He was the Cardinals' defensive coordinator when Golden was there, and of course, as Bucks fans know pretty well. The Raiders have his old defensive line coach in Brenton Buckner. So there's uh, there's three options for him there if he wants to go with familiarity. Um, not really sure what his preference is. Not really sure what the money is. But uh, the Bucks are, are still in the mix for, for Marcus Golden. Definitely. Now, we've touched on what the Bucks might do, what they may do in this situation. Now let's talk about some of the moves they have made because the last episode – we were talking about everybody's upset that the Bucks haven't really done anything. We said before, and I brought it up at the beginning of the show, there weren't going to be fireworks. We're not going to be bringing anyone in like Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell, which, honestly, out of all the free agent signings this year, I think the one that surprised me the most was Odell Beckham to, to Cleveland, but that's neither here nor there. Let's talk about our guys. Um... So, a couple of the moves the Buccaneers made, first and foremost, uh, they did cut Bucks uh, defensive tackle Mitch Unrein, and that was just an unfortunate situation. Um, earlier in the season, we had talked about his injury. It was, it was a concussion at first, right? And then he ended up just not playing the entire season. I think he got hurt during OTAs, 
Um, never got a chance to play in a Bucks uniform. I don't even, I, I don't think he even played in a preseason game. Um, it's a tough break there for him. Uh, really, really upsetting to see, but the Bucks are able to cut him, and I believe save about $3.5 million on the cap space. Um, something else I wanted to touch on, not exactly a free agent acquisition, but some news regarding the cap space that is so detrimental now, I guess. Um, Bo Allen takes a $1 million pay cut for his final year in Tampa, so um, we'll see how this goes for him. I'm, I'm fairly excited. Uh, I'm just excited that we have a team player like him on this team. Uh, it's, a, it's a pretty classy move to take a pay cut, you know. It's, it's pretty self-explanatory. It's a pay cut. Not everyone's going to want to do it, especially some of these guys who are as upset as they are about a restructure of their deal. But Bo Allen takes a million-dollar pay cut, so he'll be a free agency after next year, correct? Correct. Uh, yes, uh, that was part of the deal that Allen had actually signed a, a three-year, fifteen-million-dollar deal with the Bucks, and part of the deal was that Bo Allen is um, is taking a one-million-dollar pay cut. That he will, yeah, the the contract is now up after next year and not the year after that. So. So this coming offseason, Bo Allen will be a free agent. All righty. Some other news. The Buccaneers re-signed backup quarterback Ryan Griffin to a two-year deal. That's nice because I'll tell you what, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I'm fairly certain he's not going to be here next year. Um, you're not going to find any better, cheaper help than Ryan Griffin at this point. He's a guy who's been with the team for a really long time. Uh, I think he deserves to stick around, and I'm glad he does so. I really enjoy watching him play in the preseason. Don't want to see him play in a regular season game just because of obvious reasons. Um, <laughs> but aside from that, uh, he's a solid backup, and I'm glad he's sticking around. Some other moves the Buccaneers made. They signed former Arizona linebacker Dayon Buchanan. Now, it's spelled Dion, but it's pronounced Dayon. So Dayon Buchanan, he'll come in play, I guess, a mixture of linebacker and safety, kind of a Mark Barron deal. And uh, we also released punter Brian Anger. And a lot of people were upset with that move. Um, the honest truth with it is that Brian Anger is just, he's getting a little bit older. And he's not the same punter he was in 2015-2016. His play has declined in a way. We've seen a lot less of those exciting special teams plays where he pins it down inside the five. Someone tosses it back out of the end zone. Those are exciting. But we just don't see him that much anymore. Um... So an understandable move there made by letting uh, by letting Brian Anger go. But the Bucks did sign his replacement, and that's former 49ers, uh, 49ers punter Bradley Pinion. Now the interesting thing with Bradley Pinion is that he does both punts and kickoffs. So he is a kick specialist, if you will. Um, and with that move, the Bucks also re-signed Cairo Santos. So, uh... Definitely not going to go the Matt Bryant route, it seems. I don't know if they still have time or the resources or if they're even interested definitely. in doing that anymore. I wouldn't say definitely. Just, just saying. Okay. Okay. So Cairo Santos re-signed Bradley Pinion brought in. And now here's something that I'm really excited about. The Buccaneers are signing former Browns wide receiver Brashad Perryman to a one-year deal. Brashad Perryman, a former first-round pick. Um, I like this move. I, I think it's, he's going to be an okay home replacement, I guess. Um, but it's just a low risk move. It, it doesn't feel like you're putting a lot on the line like you were with a player of Deshaun Jackson's caliber. Um, Rashad Perryman, I, I think he has the ability to shine, uh, under Bruce Arians and Jameis Winston and whatever they end up doing with this offense, but I'm excited about this move. You know, this actually kind of surprised me. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Um, I don't know. It just did. The, the timing of it, of course, after the Odell Beckham Jr. trade. Um, oh, yeah, like immediately, man. Yeah, well, I mean, and it's it's partly because uh, Rashad Perryman had agreed terms with the Browns on a one-year, $4 million deal, or it might have been a two-year. I'm not really 100% sure. It was either one or two, but uh, that $4 million number is still the same. And then, like, a few hours later, 
they ended up trading for Odell Beckham Jr., and there was a report that Prashad Perryman kind of wanted out of that deal. He had not officially signed it. It's just he verbally agreed to terms. That's why you'll see now, you'll see now guys say signed. Before Wednesday, agreed to terms. It's always agreed to terms because just like Anthony Barr with the Jets, Anthony Barr agreed to terms with the Jets. You're coming to me, Red, and you're saying, I'm going to pay you for 25 shows. I'm going to pay you $100. You're getting paid for this? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, I, I, I'm hooked up to your bank account. You didn't know? Oh, right. <laughs> um, so, basically, and I say, okay, and then I have a change of heart and sort of want to go on someone else's podcast for maybe a little more, a little less money, I can because it's not official yet. So that that's what the agreed the term thing basically means. So uh, Drew Rosenhaus, Rashad Perryman's agent, um, was able to get out of the deal with Cleveland. And, like, oh, yeah, almost immediately uh, they uh, they went to Tampa Bay. And uh, Jen Elaine had reported that the Bucks were, were in on Perryman a little earlier in the day. And also um, Philip Dorsett, went back to the Patriots on a one-year deal, and the two teams that were also interested in him that he picked the Patriots over were the Giants and the Bucks. So that seems to tell me that maybe this coaching staff isn't as high on Justin Watson and Bobo Wilson as some fans are. Definitely. Definitely. Last piece of free agency news that I've got lined up. Uh, it involves your boy... Bucks re-signed Kevin Minter to a one-year deal. Minter makes sense. He was former Arians guy in uh, in Arizona. He was fairly solid last year. And um, with Adarius Taylor signing a deal with Oakland, or not Oakland, Cleveland, um, makes me feel a little bit better about this Kevin Minter deal. I think he's a solid player, and I think he'll, uh, he'll pick up where Taylor left off. Yeah, I mean, that helps with the comp pick thing, so... Every free agent that that signs with a, every Bucks unrestricted free agent that signs with another team, it'll help the Bucks comp pick chances because then they'll be able to sign more free agents if more of their own free agents sign deals. So when Ryan Fitzpatrick signs a deal, I'm fairly certain he'll get a backup job somewhere. Um, when when he signs a deal, that'll help. Um, if Jaquiz Rogers ends up signing somewhere, that'll help. If Frank Grimes ends up signing somewhere, that'll help. Uh, so that that will all help the Bucks uh, as far as comp picks go. So um, we'll see what happens, but I'm sure the Bucks are, are rooting for those three guys and some of their other ones to, to hopefully get jobs. Um, I believe there's a deadline though for comp picks. Like I believe, like sometime after the draft, let's say like a team would sign Brent Grimes after the draft. I don't think it would affect comp picks. I think after the draft, you can sign pretty much how many people you want. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, w- the Bucks are hoping within, you know, the draft is uh, actually six weeks from the night. So, uh, the Bucks are hoping within those six weeks, and we can touch on the draft a little bit here because I have a little theory on what I think might happen on draft night. Um, within the next six weeks, the Bucks are hoping that those guys get jobs. That would just help them out. Oh, yeah. Definitely. You always want to see your guys go out and do great things. Um, you know, unless they are Sean Jackson. Um, Ooh, huh? <laughs> I mean, I know I keep talking about this and and we really shouldn't, but yeah, it's done. It's done. I mean, I didn't, <laughs> he said in Instagram live, it, it's go time now, which pretty much implies, uh, wasn't go time in Tampa. So, yeah. Yeah, really. So, um, I had a little something I wanted to say for this episode. I wrote down a lot of thoughts. Uh, this was before free agency really picked up, but this is something I wanted to address to a lot of the people that you see who just complain. You had said it's your favorite time of the year right before free agency started because that's when everyone freaks out because the team doesn't make moves before free agency starts. You and I both knew the Bucks weren't going to blow the roof off of the place. I'm sure the people who listen to this show knew that the Bucks weren't going to blow the roof off of the place with free agent signings, but 
the misinformed. And I honestly just got to say the Facebook fans, man. Facebook is a wasteland. No, I thought I thought the Bucks were favorites to sign Le'Veon Bell. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Antonio Brown and they were going to get Landon Collins. And... I saw a post the other day. I'm not going to talk bad about the people who wanted Landon Collins because I wanted Landon Collins. I thought it was realistic when we talked about it way, way few weeks back. I thought we were going to get one decent splash free agent signing and then just get some help around it. But I wouldn't say we got one free agent signing that's bigger than any other. Maybe Brashad Perryman. But back to my point. You just see these posts, and you see what's being said, man. I, I saw the other day, some guy was like, I'm willing to put money down and make an actual bet with real money, real-life money. He's like, the Bucks are going to sign DK Metcalf. Watch. With Deshaun Jackson gone and Adam Humphreys gone, we're going to get DK Metcalf with pick number five. Yeah, sure. And I'm like, are you serious? I'm like, I'll put a month's rent down. I'll run you out of pocket, man. So uh, I, I need to say something to those people. Uh, let me explain something to everyone who's just said that they're done with this team. They say that it's been the same process for, you know, a long time. It's the same old Bucks, yada, yada, yada. Uh, the Bucks haven't had a process in almost 20 years. The mid-90s to early 2000s was the last time the Bucks had a decent process. Um, our team has gone nowhere at all since 2008. I mean, we've had some... Some good seasons, but they, they really weren't enough to, to ride home about. Nothing got us in the playoffs. So I'm not sitting here defending our performance on the field. It's spoken for itself. Losing season after losing season. I'm sure you're just as tired of seeing it as I am. We've never even covered a winning season on this show. But one thing we need to understand is that the Bucks have been given multiple chances to start a new process. And that's, that's kind of the key word I'm using here is process. You know, Evan, you're a Philly fan. You trust the process, right? Of course. Always got to. You always got to trust the process. We've said that before on the show, but the Bucks are always given new chances to start that process over. And that starts with every head coach. We've had head coach after head coach, mediocre staff after mediocre staff, and we've always had players who found a way to shine. I mean... There are countless Bucks who have gone on to do bigger and better things outside of this football team. Once they left this team, that's when their talent was recognized. Guys like LeGarrette Blunt, Aqib Tlaib, people we bring up on the show all the time. So it's not that the talent's not there. Right now, the Bucks have had the most talent these past few years than they have in a long time. And I sincerely believe that. But something else people need to realize is that this isn't Dirk Cutter's team anymore. When you're losing guys that have been on your team that you don't exactly want to lose, it sucks. It's a part of business. But right now the Bucks are building a new team. We don't have Dirk Cutter in the building anymore. We don't have his terrible coaching staff running the place. No more Mike Smith, who literally turned us into the worst defense in NFL history. Like, I'm not even messing around. During that period of time where the Bucks gave up an average of, what, like 500 yards a game? I don't think anyone's ever done that, ever. No more, uh, no more Greg Warhoff is the offensive line coach. I mean, we've seen his terrible coaching skills numerous times on the field. Dumb offsides call, bullshit penalties where, you know, we beat ourselves. And that's what makes a lot of people hate guys on the offensive line like Donovan Smith. I don't know if I agreed he should have gotten paid so soon. I would have preferred the franchise tag, but he's a good player when he's good. He's never missed a game. He's just sloppy. Offsides, holding when there doesn't need to be holding. We've seen it in and out, and that almost, to me, seems like it comes from poor coaching. There's no conflict or lack of trust between our head coach and our franchise quarterback anymore. We have Bruce Arians, Todd Bowles, and Byron Leftwich at their respective positions. They have a better track record than any of our staff from last year. I mean, give or take a few guys like, you know, Todd Munkin and what they were able to do with that offense. But 
right now the Bucks have a chance to start a new process. They're building a new team, a new identity. The core is still there. So all I'm saying to the people who are jumping ship and, and, and getting getting sick of this team before the season even starts, let's just let's watch this team play before we jump the gun and say anything about it being the same old Bucks. If they can't get it done on the field this year, then complain all you want. I'll complain with you. But right now, we have zero idea what this team is going to look like on the field. I, I just I feel like we need to give it a break. And uh, I'll step down off of my soapbox now. <laughs> but I'm just tired of hearing it. Well, I mean, you can make some good points with, um, you know, the Bucks not really having much of a process. And um, it, I don't know, just to me... You know, and I, I can't speak for all fans, but to me, it, it seems like fans are just, no matter what they the, what the Bucks do. Oh, they can't win. Yeah, the, the Bucks, there's nothing they can do. If the Bucks go out and sign Landon Collins, people would say, oh, my God, you overpaid for this guy. If they don't sign them, oh, why didn't you sign him? You know, it, it's, it's weird. I don't know. There's a few deals that I think the Buccaneers should have done, okay? I do believe that they should have, based on the money that this man got, I do believe that they should have signed Tevin Coleman. Um, he was one of my top free agent targets. Well, Tevin Coleman, and, and alongside him, Mark Ingram, he, he he comparatively got a deal that the Bucks could have made happen. Yeah, I mean, but looking at those contract numbers for Coleman, um, Coleman got, it says, it's almost like a one-year deal for like $3 million. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like, I I would have done that. Like, you're about to pay Isaiah Corral that if he does indeed sign with Tampa. Like, that's a it's a maybe a little bit less, but pretty similar deal. Now, uh, do you think that has anything to do with the NFC South? Obviously, Tevin Coleman from Atlanta, Mark Ingram from the Saints. No, see, the thing is, and a lot of and I say they should have done the Kevin the the Tevin Coleman deal, but. I don't know the whole story. Maybe the Bucks were in contact. It was reported that the Bucks weren't interested in Mark Ingram, but it was never reported that they weren't interested in Tevin Coleman. Now, it wasn't reported that they were, but um, you know, maybe maybe the Bucks did come out Coleman with an offer, um, and Coleman just chose to go with Kyle Shanahan, who is his old offensive coordinator, and he chose to go to San Francisco. Who knows, you know? Uh the uh, the guard uh, guard from Arizona, Mike Uapati, right? He he just signed a deal with the Seahawks today. He was a fit for possibly that veteran guard that they needed. Okay, well he signed with the Seahawks, and now he's through three fourths of the NFC South of the NFC South of the NFC West, and he said that he prefers to be on the West Coast. So he likely wasn't going to come to Tampa. He's been in San Francisco. And that was with Arizona, and now with Seattle. So, um, you know, the players, at the end of the day, it's not 100% about money. Is it mostly? Yeah. But the players do get a choice. So, but you know, before you say, oh, my God, the Bucks let that guy go for that, maybe Coleman just chose San Francisco over Tampa. It it's happened. all about those Benjamins. It, it, I, that's what I'm saying it's not, though. I'm saying that there's, there's other factors. Oh, yeah. Well, I, there, I, I believe that, but... Let's be real here. At least a lot of the moves that, you know, the Bucks leaving made. It's all about chasing that dollar. And there's guys who I agree with. I'm happy to see a guy like Adam Humphreys cash out. An undrafted free agent. He did that on his own. He showed his talent on the field and he's cashing out. But, yeah, I don't know. Just some other guys, you know. Well, I mean, I, I Adam Humphreys was... Really unexpected, right? Undrafted free agent, like you said. Um, yeah, really unexpected. Uh, Quan Alexander was a fourth round pick, and well, I mean, fourth round picks can can be good. I don't, I don't think any fourth round picks are going to be making thirteen and a half million dollars this season. Yeah. Um, so I mean, hey, you know, you, the way you can look at it, and this is probably the last thing I'm ever going to say about Quan Alexander or Adam Humphreys unless they return to Tampa or yeah, come on when, the show <laughs> or when or when the Bucks um, 
play the, the Titans in Tennessee this season. They'll play Adam Humphreys, and they will play Quan Alexander in Tampa um, versus the 49ers. So, That'll be interesting. Um, those two guys, the Bucks. here's the positive way to look at it. The Bucks got four good years out of good players and are likely to get draft picks in exchange for them. That's they, they got four good years at an affordable price for solid football players, and they're likely to get a draft pick for them. That's, that's the positive thing that you can take away from it. So yeah. that's pretty much all I'm going to say about that. Um, but, yeah, uh, that's pretty much going to cover for free agency, right? I mean, they re-signed Santos. We pretty much covered everything. I mean, uh, they've got some room maybe to sign one or two yeah. more guys. Well, they also have some cuts, maybe. Evan yeah. Smith might get cut. That could save, like, $2 million. Will Golson could still get cut. That would save, like, $3.75 million. Um, I keep, you know, keep being told that Joe McCoy and Cameron Braid aren't likely to go anywhere. So, um, and I don't know if a restructure is, is, in, the, is in the plans. Um, Scott Reynolds, Peter Report, have brought up uh, an interesting thing. Possibly restructuring Mike Evans' contract. It wasn't really a rumor. It's just something that the Bucks could do, and they could do that and end up saving eight million dollars this season. So, um, I would definitely look into that. Uh, Mike still gets his money. It's just in a, in a different form. Um, so, yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, like I said, by the time you guys are listening to this Friday night, and, you know the Bucks might have signed Marcus Golden and Isaiah Corral yeah. and somebody we don't even know about. So. Um, you know, this could be all out, out of date, or um, <laughs> or well, it, it still things could still be the same. You don't, don't know. I, I think that's the beauty of the NFL is that we had recorded a whole hour long show about a week ago, and then we had to to reschedule it because within that same day, everything we had talked about had transpired. Um, we talked about Quan Alexander. We talked about guys like uh, Earl Thomas. You know, Tyron Matthew. Yeah, um, it, it, it was okay when like Quan Alexander and Adam Humphrey signed. We're like, okay, so we can just basically say because we had guys, we had done like a, a re-signing section, a, a free agent section. Oh yeah, we did and, a free agency battle plan. Yeah, <laughs> I had a whole plan or whatever. But um, and then once Quan and Adam signed, we were like, okay, well, we're gonna just basically say just tune that one out pretty much, like skip over that. And then Colin signed, then Matthew signed. <laughs> Uh, everyone else signed. We're like, okay, there's there's no sense. So yeah. this is why you guys, and this is the fiftieth episode, right? This is the yeah. this is a good episode, right? Should be oh, a, yeah. should be a positive episode. So we want to give you guys uh, a decent fiftieth episode. So um, do we got anything free agency wise, or do you want me to get into my quick little draft theory here? Um, we could probably transition into the draft. Uh, I think we've covered all of our bases in free agency. Like you said, some moves could be made. By the time this comes out and people are watching it. Um, but if there are any moves made, it'll be one or two signings that we may have brought up here. Uh, I'd say the good chunk of Buccaneers free agency, those moves have already been made. So we just have to wait and see how this plays out over the next few days. Yeah, of course, of course. And, um, so here's my theory. And this is based on what each team in the top five has done. In free agency, and obviously they can be playing a poker face, but you know, I have a strange feeling. Now I I tweeted out like a few weeks ago. I no, I believe it was last weekend. I said I have a strange feeling that Sean Jackson is going to get traded. He was traded. Now to now a few days ago, I tweeted I have a strange feeling that Quinn Williams will be a Buccaneer, and um. Quinn Williams is the defensive lineman from Alabama. Uh, many regard him as uh, the maybe the top prospect in the draft, if not the top, probably number two on most boards. I know he's number two on my board right behind Bosa. But, um, and a lot of people are probably listening to this saying, well, if he's the number two, they're sitting at five, they're not going to get him. Well, here's what would have to happen, and honestly – you guys are listening to this. Tell me, tell me one, one of these moves that it can't happen. All right. So if you can sit there and tell me, oh, that won't happen, and for this and this, okay. 
But you, I don't think that many people can say, oh, yeah, that, there's no way that can happen, because it can. So, number one, Kyler Murray goes to the Cardinals. Okay? Obviously, that takes Bosa and Quinn and Williams off for them. So, Bosa is still available. The 49ers, while they acquired D Ford, still need an edge rush. So, they get the best player in the draft in Nick Bosa. The Jets. The Jets had their pass rusher. And Anthony Barr. But Anthony Barr decided to re-sign with the Minnesota Vikings. So now pulled the Jets... A, pulled a Josh McDaniels on him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, McDaniels was worse. Because McDaniels was like... Like... Oh, hours, away from, hours away from signing that contract. Like, that was bad. Um, like, the, his staff was already there and everything in Indy. Like, that was bad. Um, so, anyways... Uh, the Jets are now left with a need for pass rush. They could take Kentucky outside linebacker slash defensive end Josh Allen, the pass rusher. Grab him. The Raiders. And everybody would say, well, okay, well, then the Raiders are just going to pick him. Well, the big thing I believe is what the Raiders have done in free agency is, yes, they've attacked the defense, they've attacked the offense, um, Antonio Brown, Tyrell Williams, Lamarcus Joyner, Trent Brown. They re-signed Jonathan Hankins. And he was their defensive tackle last season. He played pretty well. They drafted Maurice Hurst last year, and he's been playing really well for him. Many people regard him as a top 20 player in the class, but he fell last year due to health concerns. And in the second round last year, they picked P.J. Hall, who's a defensive tackle. So... I believe it could be a little bit crowded at defensive tackle, and I don't think the Raiders would be open to taking Quinn and Williams if they were to play him at defensive tackle. That's the big thing. How do the Raiders view Quinn and Williams? If they view him as a guy that could possibly rush from the outside, maybe even put him inside in a few plays, then I think he would be the pick. But if they feel like this guy is a pure defensive tackle in, in a 4-3, which is, I mean, they've run that a lot of time, um, then I believe that they will pass on him. And they've added positions on defense, this whole free agency. What is the one position they haven't really added much? It's a linebacker. I believe that the Raiders will take Devin White at number four, which will leave the Bucks with an easy decision to draft Quinn and William and for him to become the centerpiece on the Buccaneers' defensive line. How does this sound for a front three and a three-four? Vita Vey is your nose tackle. Gerald McCoy as one interior D lineman and Quinn and Williams as the other with Jason Pierre-Paul and Carl Nassib as the outside linebackers. Oh. Here's... Well, there's a but. There is a but. There is a but. There's always a but. <laughs> but if Quinnen Williams does become a Buccaneer, I don't have a source on this or anything, but it's just a gut feeling. At some point during a draft, Gerald McCoy will be traded for more draft picks. I just I have a feeling that if Quinnen Williams is the pick, Gerald McCoy will be traded for more draft picks. I feel like the reason they are not looking to get rid of McCoy now is because there's not really much better options out there at defensive tackle slash interior D-line that they could replace him with. I feel like if they got Quinn and Williams, they would feel like they can free up that money and get more draft picks in the process. Now, what do you feel like? What do you feel like that value for McCoy would bring in? I mean, are we talking third and fourth rounders? Are we talking maybe a second rounder? I think the Bucks could throw it like McCoy and, and a, a package deal. Yeah, like McCoy and a fifth for like a third, something like that. Uh, maybe like like, like uh, probably Gerald McCoy and the sixth for a, a late third, maybe something like that. Um, I think that could probably work. Um, but we'll see, you know. Um, we just gotta get uh, we just got get Jason Light in business with the Bills again. They'll take any deal we give them, right? <laughs> um, well, the Bucks almost traded Sean Jackson to the Bills, but 
the Bills, man, they can't get any wide receivers to go there. Dude. Deshaun, said, Deshaun Jackson said he wouldn't re, he wouldn't sign there. So, um, That's got to suck, being shut <laughs> down by Antonio Brown and Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. Well, and, what does and that anyway, say? What does that say about Josh Allen? He, well, he's not good anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, he's really tall, though. Oh yeah, but he, well he looks good in shorts. He's he's really tall. He looks good in shorts. Rocket arms. I mean, <laughs> huge hands. This guy's got it all. Um, anyways, the one last thing I will say is, if the Buccaneers, this is the reason I think the Buccaneers would trade Gerald McCoy if they got Quinn Williams. If the Buccaneers draft Quinn Williams, Gerald McCoy is only going to be and and they keep Gerald McCoy. He's only going to be on this team for one year. They're not going to keep him. They are not, unless he has a career year next year, in 2019, with Quentin Williams still there, they're not going to keep Gerald McCoy at $13 million. They're just not. They might keep him this year, but they are not going to keep him next year. Now, here's something that I want to believe, and and almost in counter to uh, to your theory here. There's something telling me there. I, I really want Kyler Murray to be a Raider, and I know that pick number four is is a bit risky if you're looking to draft a guy like Kyler Murray. Of course, we've heard the rumors about Arizona. I'll be honest. I think Arizona shopping Sam Rosen is is a huge smokescreen. I don't think he's going anywhere. I've got a strong feeling that he ends up being in Oakland. I don't know, man. I just don't want to believe that. I really don't. I think Josh Rose, I think he's gone, man. <sighs> I think I think it's either going to be Washington or, or New York. I do. I, I think I want to say Washington. I think Washington being the more likely one. I think when it's all said and done, I think the Giants are going to end up with uh, Haskins. So. Uh, oh, man. I, I didn't think, sign OBJ to trade him. Oh, uh, well, you know. <laughs> you, you, you trade everybody on the team except your 38-year-old quarterback, which – while he is likely a Hall of Famer, you gotta you gotta you gotta let it go. Man. You got to like you gotta let it go. I, I don't I don't understand. Like I I really don't. People I... complaining, people complaining about the Bucks keeping Gerald McCoy. Look at the Giants, okay? Just look at that situation with Eli Manning. It's not good, okay? Oh yeah. Um, yeah, but that was just my little theory. Um, right now, my top seven would probably go one Murray. Two, Bosa. Three, Allen. Four, White. Five, Williams. Uh, Quinn and Williams, that is. Um, six, Dwayne Haskins. And seven, probably DK Metcalf. So, um, going to Jacksonville. But, yeah, I mean, I could see. I, I don't know. I, I could see. I mean, I do believe I tweeted this out. And this is probably the last thing I'm going to say. And then we can wrap this thing up. I truly do believe that when the when round one is over. Devin, either Devin White, Josh Allen, or Quinn Williams is going to be a Buccaneer. I just, I, I think I, Devin White's our guy. Or I'm I, sold on it. Well, I, I'm just saying, I do believe that one of those three is going to be a Buck. However, if I had to choose one of them, I would choose Quinn Williams because he's the best player to me. Yeah. Uh, out of the three, so uh, if if Devin White and Quinn Williams are there, the Bucks are likely picking Quinn Williams. I really don't know how they feel about Josh Allen, but if Josh Allen is there, that means that Quinn Williams and Devin White likely aren't. So uh, I feel like he'd be the pick almost by default. So we'll see what happens. Like I said, six weeks away from the draft tonight, six weeks from tonight, we got the first round. It's going to be exciting. Uh, you're going to hear a lot of rumors coming up as free and see, you know, within the next week and a half, two weeks or so, it starts to die down. You're going to hear a lot of rumors. Uh, Bucks could be interested in Greedy Williams. Bucks could be interested in uh, Christian Wilkins, Clellan Farrell. You're going to hear a lot of smoke screens. Some are true. Uh, Pewter Report was on the Vita Vea thing from the start, pretty much. Uh, they did have Derwin James to the Bucks in, in their mo- in a, their last mock, but early, early January, February, they had Vita Vea. Um, they were saying how the Bucks loved Vea, and even Roy Cummings had said um, on draft night. I remember the tweet. He said, um, "You know, oh, the Bucks have traded down from 
from number seven to twelve, and it looks like they're either going to choose, they're going to choose between Darwin James and Vita Vea. And I was like, man, like pretty much James, right? And then yeah, uh, it ended up being Vea. So um, yeah, some of them are true, but you got to wait until you get really close to draft time for that. Like yeah. any rumor you hear about the draft now is probably ninety percent some other team trying to trying to get interest, um, trying to get interest up for for someone else. Yeah, so we just uh, we just got to wait and see. It's an exciting time, of course. Like you said, the draft six weeks from tonight, and then of course free agency going to play out and finish up over the next few days. So we have got some time, but Bucks fans, just be patient. Let's wait it out. Let's see what this team does on the field before we jump ship. Anyways, that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. 50 episodes, whether it's on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Podbean. We appreciate you being there with us every step of the way. Uh, we are coming up on our third season of covering the Bucks, and it's been a fantastic ride up until this point. So here is to the next 50 episodes. You can follow the show on Instagram at Cannon Fire Podcast. You can follow my co-host Evan at Bucks Way, formerly Bucks Football, on Instagram and Twitter. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Cannon Fire Pod. Make sure you check out our partners at PewterReport.com for some of the best Bucks coverage in the game. I am Rhett, signing off for Evan, and until next time, we'll see you then. Go Bucks! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.